In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes so that He might show that He's remembered us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, memory is is a funny thing. In fact, uh, working memory uh, specifically is, is kind of this funny thing. Working memory is, is the part of your memory that is is it's located in your short term memory. And basically, what your working memory does is it allows you to do certain tasks without having to uh, go back and, and look at the manual or or go back and and check things over again. And uh, what what researchers are finding is that uh, as, as a culture, our working memory is on the decline, um, partially because all of us have Google in our pockets, and uh, yet and it's a very important thing to have this sort of working memory. This working memory is the, the thing that allows you to uh, do math in your head. It's the thing that allows you to um, uh, remember certain aspects of your life so that you know how to do certain things when you get up in the morning. You know how to shave because of, of working memory. And uh, so you, you have this, this thing that's, that's working memory, and, and working memory is, is so important for you. And yet at the same time, um, working memory is, is also something that can disappear if you don't use it. And so if you don't do something every day, day in and day out, a lot of times that that working memory can kind of atrophy. It it can go away. And uh, so you you have this sort of battle inside of your brain of of what to hold on to and and what not to hold on to. And uh, it's it's a very interesting sort sort of uh, field of study to look at how the the human brain works with all of these things and and what it holds on to and, and what it doesn't. And in fact, uh, what your brain holds on to actually ends up being more important than what you experience. Because uh, your experience is actually a, a very short, uh, defined period of time. In fact, some research say, researchers, researchers say that, um, uh, that what you consider to be the present is actually about three seconds worth of time. And then everything after that is, is stored in, in memory. And then your memory sort of defines who you are. Your memory defines what you know. It it defines not only what you think about yourself in the past, but it also defines some of your future action. And so if you're somebody who knows that you're afraid of heights, or if you're like me and you're, you're somebody who knows that you're afraid of small spaces, you remember that you're afraid of heights or small spaces. And when you go into an area and you see that you're going to have to climb up a skyscraper, or you see that little tunnel that you get to crawl through, all of a sudden your memory kicks in and goes, let's not do that. But if you didn't have that memory, you wouldn't stop. It would define your future action. And so you would climb up on that skyscraper and maybe you would look down and then all of a sudden go, oh, I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) Or you would crawl into that tunnel and go, I feel like I'm going to die. The whole place is closing in on me. But it, it would define your future action, whether you went into that tunnel or into that skyscraper, depending on your, your working memory, depending on what it was that, that you felt was a part of you. And when we get to our Old Testament reading, that, that sort of 
aspect of memory comes up uh, in, in a very clear and, and concrete way here in Isaiah 63. And in Isaiah 63, what you have Isaiah doing is you have Isaiah pleading with God. Now, you don't have the full context here, and, and so um, I'm going to share a little bit of that with you. The full context of Isaiah 63, we picked it up in verse 7, but if you actually pick it up in verse 1, what you have is this very sort of striking image. You have this striking image of God who Isaiah sees God and sees this countenance and sees that God is head to toe covered in what appears to be blood. And so when when Isaiah sees God covered head to toe in blood, he says, you look like you've been treading in the wine press. You're all covered in red. why, Why do you look like this? And and it's disconcerting, because you see God covered in blood, it's probably meaning that there's going to be violence somewhere. And what God says to Isaiah is this. God says to Isaiah that, that the reason that he's covered head to toe in blood is that he has had to go and fight Israel's enemies all by himself. And he can do it. He's proven that. He's covered head to toe in blood. He basically says, I went through and I tread them out like grapes. That's what he says in this section. He says, I can do it, no problem. But I am a little bit mad. Because you didn't show up. Yeah, I can handle this by myself, but you didn't show up. That was your part of faithfulness. doesn't matter if I can or can't do it myself. You didn't show up. And so then all of a sudden, Isaiah starts to get a little bit nervous. Because when God is calling you out, well, you get nervous. Especially when God is covered head to toe in blood, you get nervous. When God says, look, I I can do all of this stuff by myself, but you were supposed to be there. And we go, okay, yeah, fine, and, and what do we do? Well, we, we do kind of what Isaiah does, right? We, we begin to kind of look at God and say, God, um, hey, yeah, I know that you remember everything, but let me pick a few things for you to remember. Let me pick that you are a gracious God. Hey, gracious God, not necessarily all the time covered head to toe in blood. You are a God of peace, you are a God of... It's sort of like that moment in the movies where you have the the person who has just changed from a normal human being into a zombie or a werewolf. And all of a sudden... and, And maybe they've changed into a zombie or a werewolf and they've destroyed your enemies. Because that's what they, they did that for. And they have just got done chewing on the leg of your enemy and everything is over. And then, all of a sudden, it's, it's like they're snarling over here. And they look at you. And they're still a zombie or a werewolf. And they're looking at you. And you know that you have to kick in their memory. Because if not, you're food. And that's where Isaiah is at here. He's going, um, hey God, remember when we used to hang? Remember when, when I was in church last time? Um, 
remember when you led your people out of Egypt? Remember when you led your children out into the wilderness and you were still with us where you, you had your Holy Spirit dwell with us? That, that's what Isaiah is doing here. He's saying, do, do you remember all of this? Do you remember the, these things that are about your graciousness, that are about your love, that are about who you, you really are deep down inside? Yes, you are a God who can obliterate us completely, but you're also much more than that. That, that's what Isaiah is saying here. And, and maybe that's a little bit of what we're saying this morning. Because God remembers all of the other stuff, doesn't he? He, he remembers our sins. He, he remembers all of those sins that we've ever committed. In fact, that whole uh, God uh, forgives and forgets, well, that's questionable scripturally. He actually does seem to remember your sins. It's just that he chooses to forgive those sins, which means he doesn't count them towards you. And so what we're doing here in a lot of ways is is we're uh, coming to a God who, who remembers all of the things that we've done. From the sins when we were a little kid to the sins that we committed just maybe a few hours ago. God God remembers all of those things. He knows all of those things. He's an all-knowing, omniscient God. And so there there we say, well, well God, uh, you know, uh, can you remember some other stuff? And thankfully he does. And, and that's really what is going on in, in the gospel reading today. You, you, you get this sort of theme that gets uh, spread throughout all of the readings where you have this, this understanding that, that God sees the evil of humankind. God sees the evil of Herod going through and obliterating all of the babies who are under two years old and male because they just might be Jesus. God sees as we killed children ourselves in many different ways. God sees when we kill adults. God sees when we slight other people. God sees all of the things that we do that are sins. And yet he chooses to have this sort of powerful memory overwhelm him. I don't know about you, but I, I have those memories. I, I think you probably do too. Those memories that kind of sneak up on you. Those memories that uh, are so so crisp and so fresh. Even if they happened several, several years ago, they're still crisp and fresh for some reason or another. And if you begin to think about them, you'll begin to actually experience emotions that make no sense for where you are, but make all of the sense in the world for that memory. It seems like for me, the, those emotions and, and those memories seem to come up for me in the shower. I don't know what it is. But, but I will catch myself from time to time uh, being in the shower and, and I'll have that memory and all of a sudden I'll have this overwhelming emotion of joy or sadness or pain or whatever it is. And it won't make any sense because I'm in the shower and joy maybe makes sense in the shower, but sadness and pain definitely don't, right? Unless the water is really, really hot. <laughs> but 
but you, you have this, this sense of an overwhelming memory, an overwhelming emotion that changes everything. And that's exactly what God promises in His Son being born. You see, when, when Jesus is sent from Israel to Egypt, there's something important that's happening there in the big meta-narrative, the big overall story. And that important thing is that Jesus is going to Israel and he's coming back. They're going to Egypt and he's coming back from Egypt. Which essentially means that God is trying to show his people, look, he's the new Israel. Israel went from being on its own, went to Egypt, and came back. You guys can't handle it. So instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my son to be that Israel. And when I remember... I'm going to remember Him. And that's going to be the overwhelming emotional memory that I have. That's going to be the thing that is in my working memory. That's going to be the thing that determines whether I do this or whether I do that. And so, when it comes to your judgment, when it comes to even your everyday life, when God looks at you, He doesn't look at you and He doesn't have your sins as a part of His working memory. Instead, He has His Son's death and resurrection as His working memory. And as that emotion overwhelms him, he gives you grace upon grace upon grace. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you life. He gives you all of these great things. Because his working memory is of his son who loved you so much that he returned to this earth so that he could take our place return from Egypt so that he could be the new Israel so that we could return to the Father Amen